Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome all of our locations, everybody joining us online. Come on, church family, let's put our hands together. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're in God's house today. And uh, we have so much exciting things to share with you, and so I want to get right into it. Let me pray for us. Father, we open our hearts and minds. Pray that you'd speak to us today. We believe that we'll never be the same because of the time and your presence and your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. Amen. Hey, I want to give you a few updates. I want to share a um, quick message. Didn't go so quick the first time. Pray for your boy. It's a little long-winded. And uh, then I want to share a really exciting expansion announcement that's coming up. Um, if you were here several Vision Sundays ago, if you're new to the church, we try to do this a couple times a year just to remind us of our why, to talk about what God's doing. And, and it's often time for us to share like what's next, what are we doing. And if you remember, we uh, shared about two expansion projects that um, we were bringing back online. Um, we hit the brakes on them in March of 2020, kind of a crazy month for everybody. And so, uh, you know, we were preaching to empty rooms, weren't sure we should build more buildings at that point. And uh, so two of those projects that we had been working on up to that point was um, a Kids Point expansion at our Fredericksburg location. Um, if you're a parent and you have ever uh, tried to check a kid in, check a kid out, get through the foyer at peak service times, um, all the parents said amen. You know there's a little bit of a challenge there, and so we were trying to create uh, more space, solve the congestion flow um, for the ability just to max out the facility here at the Fred campus. And um, so we're working on that, and then we're also working on a Culpeper building. And um, to back in 2000, somebody have to correct me on this, somewhere around 19, 18, um, we, because of uh, your generosity, we paid cash for land. So we own land in Culpeper. No debt. Glory to God. And, um, and we, we ruthlessly work to eliminate debt as fast as we can. Just a little side note, like this Fred project, Fredericksburg building, I don't know if you know this, but we paid this off in six years, debt-free on this building in six years. Um, so anyways, those two projects, we brought those back online. I shared with that with you several Vision Sundays ago. And so you may be wondering, well, what's going on? Because I haven't seen any shovels in the ground. Um, and, and so I wanted to share with you one on the Fredericksburg location, where we are in the process and what God has done, um, because God's really opened a door there. So as we begin to think about the Fredericksburg um, Kids Point expansion, the question we had to answer, and the, well, the team had to, <laughs> um, was uh, where do we put the children during construction? kind of a big one. Um, so we thought, I mean, that if there was a solution, uh, they thought about it, you know, portable trailers in the parking lot, kicking out the staff from the office and turning the office into Kids Point for a season. Um, we, we thought through all of them and just uh, none of the solutions um, worked safety-wise, worked programming-wise. Um, and uh, so one of the solutions was, if you've been to the Fredericksburg location, some of you haven't, um, there are buildings out in front that have spaces for lease. So one of the was to build those out as temporary locations um, and use those during the construction period of about 18 months or so. Um, and the more the board and the team looked at it, we would be investing hundreds of thousands of dollars into a build out. We would use 18 months and then we'd never get that money back. And just didn't think it was wise stewardship, um, because this is God's money, everybody. Um, and so how we use that is very, very important to us and our team. And so um, in that process, one of the buildings we were looking at, the um, owner of it said, um, I know you're not going to lease it, but would you be willing, interested in buying it? 
So I'm excited to tell you that on June the 6th of this year, we signed the papers and closed on this building. So check that out. So we are very excited about that, and you're going to love this even more. We paid cash for it, everybody. There's no debt on the building. So because of your incredible generosity and our team manages uh, our finances with a lot of margin, um, we were able to pay cash on that building. I'll tell you a few things about it. Um, what it will do, allow us to do is we will move the elementary children into that facility. So mamas, your babies, and your preschoolers are all be in this facility, for those of you that attend the Fredericksburg location. Um, but our elementary students will be over there. And as a matter of fact, once you see the build out, it'll make sense to you. But when you walk into the entrance of the Fredericksburg building, um, the door for Kids Point will be right there to your right. And so you'll drop your elementary kids off there. You'll be able to do check-in there, everything. And then you'll walk into the building. If you have younger ones as well, then you'll drop them. You'll be able to check everybody in there and then walk around um, and then come into the service. And uh, so, but also what it did for us, um, we have uh, limited, limited space in the college. And uh, so this not only had enough empty square foot to do everything we wanted to do, expanding our children's area, also allowed us to um, create more classrooms and student life space for our college. So thank God for that. And, uh, and so the way it's going to solve them things here is our plan now is to remove the Kids Point Theater on the bottom floor of the Fredericksburg location. So it's going to open up the foyer in a massive way, create a whole lot more space. Thank God for that. Um, and here's another great little tidbit about it is... Um, it has tenants in all the spaces we want to lease out. And so it's debt-free and creating revenue for the church. So we can do more mission. Come on, glory to God for the great things he's doing. Now for our Culpeper campus, we want you to know that um, both of these projects were priority one and one. And uh, so that project's taken care of, except for obviously the build out and all the things that are coming in that. We're already in the process of plans and permits and all that. Um, but the Culpeper project is, is still priority number one. We've just hit, um, I could spend all day, the roadblocks that we've run into with county issues and uh, uh, the, we got a sewer thing that we're trying to, I don't want to go into the details. Um, I just know every week, I'm like, where are we at with that? And uh, so just want you to know we're moving forward and at the same time, wanting to make sure we're being the best stewards of God's resources. And so um, I would just ask every campus, everybody part of the church, just pray with us. We believe we put enough prayer towards it, right? Can you imagine with all the faith in the room what the Lord can do, right? <clears throat> And so be praying about that, but just a huge thank you, those who give, kingdom builders, your generosity really is accelerating vision, and um, we couldn't be more excited about what God is going to do. You ready for the word today? I want to bring us back to this verse in Proverbs 29, 18 that says this. It'll be on the screen for you. It says, where there is no revelation, uh, some translations say where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. One translation says the people perish. It doesn't mean they literally die. They could, but it just means they don't live a life fulfilled. Um, they cast off restraint. And, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. I would propose to you that everybody needs vision for your life. 
that you need vision for your marriage, you need vision for your finances, you need vision for the career or whatever you're going to have in your life. You need vision for your life because vision gives you a target. Vision gives you a direction that you're going to go. Vision gives you the place. And vision tells you your why. And when you lose your why, you'll lose your way. When you lose your why, you lose your passion for it. When you lose your why, why did I get into this in the beginning? Why did I start this in the first place? Why did I open this business? Why did I have these kids? Come on, somebody. You lose your way. Why did I get into this relationship? Why did I ask her to marry me? Like, you lose your why, you lose your way. And so I want to, I just want to take a moment. I like to take a moment every so often to remind us as a church, what is our why? Why do we do what we do? Why do we exist? Are we trying to build a country club? Are we trying to just have a nice little place to gather on Sundays? Are we just trying to write music that maybe some label will pick up and then it'll be a thing? And no, why, why, what, why are we doing what we do? What is the why? When you lose your why, you lose your way. And so what is the why behind it? And so I want to go back to 2005. Reverse with me. Some of you remember tape players. Hit play and rewind it at the same time. That's what it sounded like. In 2005, I sat down in a living room with about 15 people who wanted to start a church that would reach people far from God in this community, in this area of Virginia. And I was 29-year-old, full of wisdom. <laughs> 29, I had the world by the tail. You know, I just knew everything. But, I, but I, there was vision in our hearts. And, and we, we didn't think that Virginia needed another church. But we did think that maybe God would do something unique. That maybe if we would give all of our attention and all of our heart to, to reaching people that were far from God, to going, no, no matter where you came from, no matter what you've been through, no matter what your life experience, no matter your background, no matter your doubts, your feels, your failures, no matter that, you're welcome in this place. And we want you to encounter a living God, and that living God can change your life for the good and can set you on purpose that just maybe we could start that kind of church. And so I remember we drove up, Tammy and I did, I was in seminary, also known as cemetery. <laughs> and we drove up and I just said, I don't think that this group of people will go for what we're going to lay out tonight, but um, we'll have fun. And, and we knew a lot of them and there's a whole backstory to that. And, but we'll get to see everybody and it'll be fun to reconnect for a little bit. And then we'll drive back and you'll go back to teaching middle school music and I'll go back to writing papers and trying to get through this degree. And and we sat down, my little 29-year-old self, and I said things like this. I said, like, we're going to build a church where the squeaky wheels don't get all the attention. The lost people get the attention. I know, y'all, like, I grew up in a church where they did business meetings and people yelled at each other on Wednesday night and acted ungodly. And I was like, I'm not building that kind of church. Oh, some of y'all went there too. I didn't see you. I didn't know you were there. We're going to build a church where we fight about the color of the carpet. You don't get a say in the carpet colors. We hire interior designers who are professionals. They pick out the carpet. I don't know if I even like your style. Y'all following me? We're not going to have potlucks because your cat hair may be in the meal. I don't, trust, I don't trust what you bring. I don't know where it came from. I don't trust it. We're going to cater in from professionals who know how to cook. 
Y'all tracking with me? I said spiritual things too. Like we're going to be a place for the least of these and for the lost. We're going to serve our community so much that if we were to shut our doors, they would wonder where we went. We're going to give cups of cold water in Jesus' name. We're going to help people meet God and know that they can be free from all of their yesterdays so that they can be everything God wants them to be in all of their tomorrows. We went through this whole list of things, and at the end of it, I said, all right, if we don't see this happening in the first few months, we'll, we'll agree right now that we'll shut it down, and we'll sell all the gear and give it to missions, and we'll go join other churches. And they said, deal. And that was 18 years later. Here we stand today. I'll never forget. We were meeting in the Marshall Center in the metropolis of the Spotsylvania Courthouse. All you Richmond folks, y'all know nothing about. It was a thriving area. It had a Valero. It's a little snack shack. Pizza joint. It was thriving. Little Marshall Center. Had columns at the front, so when I preach, I walk so much when I preach because I had to the first year because I couldn't see the whole audience if I didn't. Because there was a column here. I couldn't see this part of you. And the projector was in the middle, so every time I walked by the projector, it, it, I blocked it with my body. It was bad, y'all. Casio keyboard with a drum track. Boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick. Y'all thought it looked like this. It ain't always looked like this. It was bad. I was embarrassed. You wouldn't have brought your friend. Michael was there. You know. I'll never forget first few months, give the gospel like we always do. People started accepting Christ. Never forget the first guy I baptized named Rick Bonner. And we had to borrow a baptistry because we didn't have our own. We couldn't afford it. And someone let us one. And I think what they gave us, if I remember right, it, was, it had a metal frame and then it had a blue tarp that went over it that attached. And I think it's what chaplains in the military use when they're on deployment, like in the desert, if they're going to baptize. It was like that. And so Rick had broad shoulders. He was a built guy. And I was like, before we baptized, like, Rick, you have to squeeze in like this. <laughs> Because when I go to put you under, if I got to shove you to get your shoulders, that's going to look real bad. I'm telling the God's honest truth right now. It ain't always been like this, everybody. And one by one, now 18 years later, 28,000 people have said yes to Jesus. Thousands of people have walked into the waters of baptism. Campuses have been open. We were portable when we went multi-site, multiple locations, meeting in Riverbend High School, filling that auditorium three times on a Sunday. I get up in front of a church full of faith. I'll never forget the moment I announced we're going multi-site. I took all of our leaders back to the Marshall Center. And I said, here's what I feel like God is saying to us, that on Easter Sunday, we're going to open a second location. And the room erupted, stood on their feet, full, the faith, could you, you can't imagine the faith that was in that room in that moment. And in 60 days, 
we opened a second location. If you've never launched a church, you don't know how fast that is. But God did it. And people sacrificed. And I'm just telling you, the local church is the hope of the world. The local church mobilized on the mission of Jesus is the hope of the world. And the church, with all of its bumps and bruises and issues and challenges, because it's full of people with bumps and bruises and issues and challenges, is still the greatest force for good on the planet. And I'm just telling you, I love the church. I heard people say, I don't know, you should love a church. I love the church. Because if you love Jesus, you'll love what Jesus loves. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24 says, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church and so much that he gave his life for her. He died for her. That's how much he loved the church. I love the church. And every so often, you've got to go back to your why. Why am I in this? Why am I? I can tell you my why. And there's been many times, especially during 2020, 2021, where I had to, in my mind, go back to the middle school Daniel, who in Clintwood, Virginia, Southwest Virginia coal mining country. I don't know nothing about coal mining country. At church camp in the summer, at Camp Jacob in Clintwood, Virginia, there's this little chapel that had no air conditioning. Those cheap Christians not put air conditioning. I don't know what their problem was. Make these kids sweat during church. No air conditioning, only fans, little fans, little rotating fans. Like that was going to do. Some of y'all grew up with a little storefront with a fan. Concrete floors, pews with no padding. And I don't know what the preacher was preaching, and I don't know what the worship team sang, and I don't know what the invitation was, but I know that I found myself on my knees on that concrete floor saying, God, if you can use me, if you can use me, you can have me. I'll give my life to you. Send me across the world. Send me into the mission field. I'll do whatever you want. I'm yours. And every so often, I've got to come back to my why and go, it's because God spoke to me on that concrete floor as a little middle school boy, and I surrendered my life to the call of God wherever he took me. And that's my why. So I don't have to serve Jesus. I get to serve Jesus. I don't have to preach. I get to preach. And I don't have to love the poor. I get to love the poor. And I don't have to lay hands on the sick. I get to lay hands on the sick. And I don't have to study my word. I get to study my word. I don't have to pray. I get to pray. It's my why. And if I lose my why, I lose my way. Where there is no vision. I love what D.L. Moody said. He says, our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding as something that does not really matter. I'm concerned too many people are succeeding at things that will not matter at the end of the day. And that's why, as your pastor, I've got to remind you, why are we doing this? It's not for fire insurance. It's not to get a free ticket to heaven. Why would people get up and haul a trailer this morning to Stafford High? Why would people haul a trailer to Glen Allen High School? Why would people wake up and set up pipe and drape and tear it down? And some will be today till two o'clock. Some of you, you will already have eaten and got a nap. And some people will still be at the house of God, putting things in a trailer. Why are they doing that? 
Because what Jesus said, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's the mission of Jesus. It's not to build a humanitarian aid organization, although we should care for the poor and we do it really well. And we've given tens of millions of dollars to reach the poor. At the core of it, he came so that lost people, people far from God, could come into a relationship, not a religion, not an organization, not a club. This is not a cruise ship where we lay by the pool. This is a battleship where we man our stations and we are on the mission of King Jesus. This isn't my mission. I didn't make this up. Jesus made it up. And for 18 years, I've been this fired up. And for 18 years, we've been doing this. And for 18 years, we've been worshiping Jesus, preaching the gospel, baptizing people, helping people find freedom. And as long as I get to be on this stage, we're going to keep preaching the gospel and baptizing people and seeing people find freedom and opening campus and planting churches and feeding the poor and taking care of the sick. Why? It's the mission of Jesus. I'm a little fired up today. It's not about buildings. and It's about the gospel. It's about us helping people encounter the grace of God and then taking them on a journey where they fulfill the mission of God in their life. Because you will never know fulfillment in your life until you are doing what God designed you to do. You'll never know the hope that comes in when you find purpose. That's why so many people are hopeless today because they don't have purpose. Psychology shows that the number one road to hope is purpose, not stuff. There's two schools of psychological thought. One is pleasure brings hope and it fails every time. The other is purpose brings hope. It's like God knew what he was talking about. <laughs> You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So we have a little, some phrases around here that we call know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. What are those? Are those just like cute phrases that is a good marketing thing? No, it's Bible. And it's the journey that God wants every person on the face of the earth to go through. And I want to explain it to you really quick, because if you lose your why, you lose your way. I want to show it to you in the Old Testament. I'll show it in the New Testament. And then I'm going to give you a lightning round message, because <laughs> I'm doing what I did in the first service. <laughs> God, help me. <laughs> help him, Jesus. Pray for me, Gigi. Exodus chapter 6. God gives Israel four I wills. It's the four I wills, the four things he's wanting to do for every person in humanity. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord your God. Here's the first one. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Number two, I will free you from being the slaves to them. Notice he brought you out, but he still has to free you. It didn't say he freed them and then brought them out. He said he brought them out. Then he had to get them free. Because just because you came out of Egypt doesn't mean Egypt's out of you. Just because you came out of dysfunction doesn't mean dysfunction's out of you. Number three, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. Redeem. I will set you back into your proper purpose. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna redeem you. I'm gonna put you back in what you were meant with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. Number four, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. And then you will know that I'm the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. This whole idea of I will bring you, I'm gonna set you in family. I'm gonna make you a people. I'm gonna give you an identity. And this family has a purpose. Ephesians chapter one, let me give you a New Testament example. It says, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious God, the glorious father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened because you don't see through the eyes here, you see through the eyes of here. And these eyes can get so cluttered and damaged that divorce caused the eyes of your heart to see different. If you don't get freedom from it, that bitterness causes the eyes of your heart to see different. What that person spoke, the death they spoke over you causes the eyes of your heart to see different. God wants this to get all clear so you can see what he has for you. Want to be enlightened or that you may know the hope to which you've been called. You've been called to something and it will give you hope. The riches of his glory and inheritance and his holy people. I'm going to skip the other one, guys. So number one, we want every person to know God. Well, every person to know God. Matthew 7 says this, not everyone that calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Just because you stand in a garage doesn't make you a car, just like standing in a church doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We went to revival nights in your name. We came on Christmas and Easter in your name. And he'll say, I never knew you. Jesus didn't come to establish an organization. He came to establish a personal relationship with a living God, and we want you to know God. And so if you're going to have a vision, you've got to have a way to deliver that vision. Some people don't like this word in church, and you know, people haven't liked things I've said for 18 years, and I keep saying them. So. But you've got to have a system to deliver the vision. You've got to have a way to do it. You've got to be a steward of what God's called you to. And so we create weekend worship experiences that both church and unchurched people love to attend. It's not the only way people can know God, but you just got to know every Sunday, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about the person in the room that doesn't know Jesus yet. I'm thinking about the friend that you invited that you finally got to walk through the door. And so I'm walking the tension every Sunday. If you're visiting, this is a perfect day to be here because you're, you're getting under the hood. Here's all the secrets, everybody. You're getting them. Could, could I get up and, and, and give you a theological seminar every Sunday? I have the ability, yes. I don't mean that arrogantly. I've just set enough classes. I could reproduce that. And I always want to ask people that want that on Sundays. I'm like, are you living what you already know yet? Anyways, that's just a thought, just a thought I have. And so every Sunday, I'm wanting to challenge the person that's been walking with Jesus for years and years. And I'm wanting to put the cookie so on the bottom shelf that someone that ever even opened up a Bible goes, that speaks to me. So we're walking every time we'll do that. Some of you wish we would worship for two hours. Get a Spotify playlist, get in your closet and go do it. Have at it. But I know most people that church isn't their thing are walking in the doors going, and what time does this end? 
And so I'm constantly walking in the tension of both. Because I want people to know God. Number two, I want people to find freedom. He says, I'll bring you out and then I'll make, I'll, I'll free you from being their slave. James 5, 16. Look at this verse. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The eyes of your heart be enlightened. In other words, there are life experiences and things that have clouded the eyes of your heart. And so you don't see things clearly. It's why, it's why when someone pushes that button, you respond so bad. It's why that anger rises up. Why? The eyes of your heart are clouded. That bitterness, that negative word, that, that thing someone spoke over you, that experience you had, that time you got fired, the rejection you got as a child from that sports team that is still down in there and is affecting the way you see it. And so you don't let anybody in and you don't want to get close. Why? The eyes of your heart. You need freedom from that. And you don't get freedom from that. Listen to me. According to James, you don't get freedom by worshiping more. It'll help. First John 1 John 1.9 says, confess your sins to God and he'll forgive you. But James said, I got to confess them to somebody else to get healed. In other words, I've got to create an environment for you where you can take the mask off and go, this is what I'm really dealing with because life change doesn't happen best in rows. It happens best in circles when I look you eye to eye and go... I don't understand why I go zero to a hundred and flip out on my kids whenever they do that. What is wrong inside of me? That's where healing happens. When someone can walk with you and pray with you and lay hands on you and get you the word of God down in you and you can begin to find freedom and healing from all of your yesterdays. This is why we create small groups. Why? We create small groups where people can experience community Find freedom and take next steps. We don't have small groups to see how deep of a Bible study you can do. I hope you do that. We want you to open up the word of God. We want you to pray. But we want you to have a place where you take the mask off. Because for far too long, it's church has been about coming in. Good morning, brother. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. Everything's. And you know you are lying. It is not great. You fought all the way to church. You tried to reach in the back and slap a kid. You didn't care which one you got. You're doing everything you can to put a smile on your face, knowing that your heart is aching. And you need a place where you can take the mask off. And go, no, I'm hurting. I'm not good. And I need somebody to know. And in a big church like this, small groups is how we make a big church small. We have to be big because the gospel demands it. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. I mean, the insinuation is you're going to get large if you're preaching the gospel and reaching everybody. But at the same time, we've got to be small. It's not either or, it's both and. Small groups is how we get small. Number three, we want you to discover purpose. Every one of you have a purpose. It's what Romans tells us. Romans says that you've all been given spiritual gifts according to the grace God gave you. Your gift isn't the gift gift I have. And you know what? I need your gift because I don't got all of them. And you need my gift because you don't have all of them. And when we're all using our gifts, some of you, you're sitting on your gift and we're all missing out. You come in and you leave and you come in and you leave and you come in and you leave and you never discover. And so we're missing out. The the body's missing. We're we're injured a little bit because your gift isn't being operated in the body of Christ. We're missing out. It's our loss, and it's your loss. 
And so what do we do? We create an easy and effective and obvious growth track where people can discover purpose. Growth traffic is simply an environment where we go, let me help you figure out your gift. Let me help you discover why God put you on the planet. And then finally, we want to help people what? Make a difference because you've been set in family. I will bring you out. I will set you free. I will redeem you. I will put you back to your original purpose. And then I'm going to call you my own. I'm going to set you in a family and that family is a purpose. And what are you? You're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to go make a difference with your life. The apostle Paul said in Acts 20, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is this, to finish my race and complete the task that God gave me. I'm not Paul, but God's still giving you a task. He's given you a task to do. So we want to help you discover your task, your purpose. And so we create an easy, obvious, and effective process where you can join a dream team. And the dream team isn't the end. It's the beginning. Because you get in there and you start serving and you go, I'm going to try this. I didn't realize I was good. I'm going to open up my home leader small group. I didn't know there was a teaching gift on me. Just something comes alive. I want to study all week and I want to prepare all week. Something. I didn't know there was this hospitality thing in me. I love just creating an environment where people feel comfortable and they come in and I love making it look beautiful and I want to put out more than a red Solo cup. I want to put out nice cups and I want to line up the water bottles. And, and you begin to realize God's given, you, God's given you talents and abilities, but there's something that was supernaturally he put in you when you said yes to him. It's your spiritual gift. It's something that is heavenly charged. And we want to help you discover that. And so this is the journey everybody on the planet God wants to take through. He wants everyone to know him. He wants everyone to find freedom from all their yesterdays. He wants them to discover what the redemptive purpose is inside them and then set them on the mission of Jesus. And you'll never be more fulfilled in life until you're doing what God created you to do. And so as we've been doing that, we've run out of space and we open campuses. And as we've done that, we've had people come up like the McGills who have said, there's a church inside of us. And we blessed them and sent them. And had people like the Coles go, there's a church inside of us. And we blessed them and sent them. And like the Wiberleys, and we blessed them and sent them. So I'm excited to tell you today, there's another couple. And there's another church plant on its way. So turn your attention to the screen and check out the next LifePoint Family Church. In 2019, our pastors shared that their vision for reaching people was changing, was shifting, was really expanding, expanding beyond the five campuses that we have and expanding outside of the cities that we're in and even outside of the state. And very soon after that, we felt like our hearts were connected to that vision and yeah. we were supposed to be a part of right. that vision. And very shortly after that, God literally woke me up out of my sleep mm -hmm. and he spoke to me a city that I knew he was sending us yeah. to help people become fully alive in Christ. And so I'm happy to announce that in 2024, LifePoint Church is coming to Phoenix, Arizona. You know, ministry has always been a part of our lives. We've done 
every type of ministry role you could do. Young adult pastors, youth pastors, worship leaders, administrators, campus pastors. And we've gotten to see God do some pretty amazing things in people's lives. We have seen marriages restored. We've seen families restored. We've seen people healed both emotionally and physically. And the greatest thing that we've ever seen is we have gotten to see thousands of people place their faith in Jesus. But we're even more excited and expectant for what God is about to do in this next season. Phoenix is located in Maricopa County, which is the biggest county in Arizona. It has nearly 5 million people in population. It's also one of the fastest growing counties in America. And here's what we've learned is that people are moving here at a really, really rapid rate. And we even call it a city that's searching because people are moving here looking for something. They're looking for a political change or maybe a financial change, a a quality of life change. And what we know though, is that they're not gonna find what they're looking for in a state or a city or a people. They're gonna find what they're looking for in is a fully alive life in Jesus. In Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel finds himself in a valley, much like Phoenix, And the valley is full of dry, dead bones. And God meets him there and God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, do you think these bones can live? And Ezekiel says, Lord, only you know that. And it's then that God breathes life into these bones and they do come to life and they form a great army. And for us, that's really what we're praying over Phoenix is that every single person and every single thing in their life, every dead, dry desert place would come to life, that God would breathe life into the city of Phoenix and the people of Phoenix. And so that's why we're so excited to be bringing what we're calling life in the valley. So here's our plan is we're going to move here to Phoenix at the end of 2023. And then we're going to put our boots on the ground. We're going to start meeting people, having one-to-ones and coffees to build and recruit our launch team. And then we are going to launch with full worship experiences in the fall of 2024. And so here's how you can be a part of this. Number one is you can pray. We just believe that there's nothing of significance that is done outside of prayer. It is who we are and it is who our church will always be. You can also help us out by connecting us with anybody that you know in Phoenix. It seems like everybody we meet knows somebody here. So connect us with them. Give us their information. Give our information to them. We want to meet them, hear their story, and see if we can do life together. And lastly, what you can do is join us. Mm -hmm. Join the team. Maybe God is pulling on your heart right now as you're watching this video. And maybe you've been praying about an opportunity Mm -hmm. just like this. We are here to tell you that God is calling you to join us, to not just build the church, but to establish his kingdom here on earth, right here in Phoenix, Arizona. We are so excited and just thrilled and so honored to be bringing LifePoint Church to Phoenix. We can't wait for every lost person to be found and every found person to be free. And we are so excited to be bringing life in the valley. Incredible, right? We help me welcome Pastor TJ and Courtney Williams to the stage right now.
before you got the time. I said it's not fair they're making you cry right before you got to talk. <laughs> Couldn't be more excited um, and mixed emotions, right? Of how much we're going to miss them. But this is the beauty of the family of God. And when you say yes to Jesus, you get to be a part of the family call. And you know, some of you in this room and at all of our campuses, all of our campuses watching online, all of us are called to be a part of the body of Christ and specifically the local church. So whether for you that's gonna be praying for them, financially supporting them, encouraging them, all of us are called to be a part of that. But there are some of us that are called to say yes and to go. And so as over the next few weeks, you get to meet them and hear their heart. And we would just ask that you would pray and say, Lord, are you asking us, me, my family, to go and be a part of reaching the people of Phoenix for His glory? And this is a really bittersweet one for us because they also have babies. They've got these two little girls that we love named Gia and Jovi. And... Uh, Jovi was born here, Gia came at two years old when they moved here. And uh, it's hard sometimes to let people go, but when God says send and you say yes, and He grows the kingdom of God, you know, it makes it just a little bit easier. So we love you so much. And as you see, you got a big old family here in Virginia. Can't wait, wait to see what God is gonna do. Can't wait. Moment. So, uh, tell us specifically in the Phoenix. Phoenix is a big area. Um, so, tell us exactly where you're going, a little bit about the area, what drew you there. Absolutely. So, we feel specifically called to the Southwest region of Phoenix. Um, that includes cities like Buckeye, Goodyear, Avondale. And the reasoning for that is we drove really all over the city. And um, there's a lot of cities that are super developed, very populated, and honestly kind of even landlocked. But this Southwest region is still developing. There's cornfields. There's so much room for expansion. And a lot of corporations and industries have their eyes on it too. They're moving in and houses are going up and people are going to be coming and they're going to be looking for a community. And instead of going to an area where we pull them from an existing one, we want to be there ready with arms open when they move in, because they're coming. That's great. And um, so how, where do we go how, about prayer, finding info? Tell us how to get involved. In yeah, so over the next few weeks, you guys will get to see us at all the campuses. We'll be traveling around, uh, popping up our banner in the foyer, saying hello to everyone, answering any questions that you may have there. And then we'll be having our first interest party here for anyone that maybe feels the tug and the call, September 20th. And uh, for all that information, you can go to our website at LifePoint phx.org. And that's where you can sign up for the prayer team. That's where you can uh, uh, give. That's where you can do so many different things to be a part of it. And I just want to throw this in. She said cornfields, but there's also palm trees. Come on, somebody. Like, <laughs> that's way better than, she said cornfields. I said, I'm not going in Jesus' name. I'm kidding. And be beautiful golf courses. So I just beautiful. The call of hey, God. thank you, Jesus. Listen, and it's dry heat, so your hair and your skin look good. I'm just saying. Um, good. As Tammy said, we really want to encourage some of you um, to go 
that you've been called out, you've been set free, you've been redeemed to your purpose, and part of you growing and making a difference is to go help plant a church. And it could be you go for a year, could go for five years, could go for your lifetime. Um, but you need to really put it before the Lord. You, some of you, you work remote. You could work anywhere. You can live anywhere. And you're like, well, all my friends and family are here. Well, let me tell you, 18 years later, you make new friends. And you make, you make new friends that are like family. And um, so I really want you to put that before the Lord. I'm praying for 30 people that will sell their homes and move to Phoenix with them next year. So 30 people. So be one of the 30 um, that go with them and help establish. Go and take the culture of this house. And it'll just save them so much work to have 30 people around that already get the heart and the vision. They don't have to reteach it and teach it. And they just get it and and are ready to go all in. So um, go with that. And we want to pray for them. And I want you to know that um, what we're doing is the biblical precedent Um, that whenever people were sent in the New Testament, since the New Testament church, this is how it's been done. God raised them up. God affirmed it. Um, This has been in their hearts for years. And they came to us and just said, "We, when the time is right, and uh, just with pure hearts, not not because um, Tammy and I are some dictators. It's not that. They just said, when you feel like it's right, and they came as worship leaders and then youth pastors and then campus pastor. And God was doing something. God was doing some preparing and developing. And the time is right. And the call of God is there. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, that while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. We could put their names in this part. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them. They laid hands on them and they prayed for them and they sent them off. Now, they don't move to the end of the year, but this is the sending moment. This is the praying moment. So we're going to pray for them. And so if you would, at every location, if you would stretch your hands, you can't get on stage and put your hand on their shoulder, but I know you would. So this is just a symbol that you're with them and uh, and join me in praying for them. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for the gift and the calling that is on the life of the Williams and their whole family. God, we thank you that you have given them a specific city and a specific burden. And God, we just pray right now that you go before them, that you open doors that no man can shut. We pray for favor in the community. We pray favor with leaders, civic leaders, educational leaders. We pray for facility open doors, God. We pray for open doors for housing, God. We pray you put the girls in the right school with the right teacher in the right location, God. We pray you go before them. We we believe even now there's a group of people that have been asking God, send a life-giving church here. God, send a couple here that would give their life to the mission of Jesus and to the gospel. God, we pray that you give them greater vision than they ever dreamed. Lord, we pray that you do immeasurably more than they could ask, think, or imagine. God, we ask that you would build such great faith in them. Protect them. May your shield be around them. May you be a front guard and a rear guard. And God, may you anoint them, the the anointing of God that has the power to break bondages and destroy strongholds. God, we pray that you would use them in a city. God, we don't believe that we're the savior of any city, but we believe we can declare the name of Jesus that can change a region, change families. And so God, would you... Allow what we've built in Virginia to be their floor.
with the same spirit that's in this house. Rest on them. The same spirit of generosity and of faith, of evangelism, of a heart for the least of these. Rest on their house. Would you do it supernaturally? And we will give you all the honor and all the glory for what you build in the city of Phoenix. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. 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 If you would, bow your head and close your eyes with me. We never want to end a service without giving you the opportunity to know God. And there's some of you here today and you don't know what it is to have a personal relationship. When I read the verse that said, many of you will say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I never knew you. Something in you stirred. And today's the day where you need to enter a personal relationship with him. The Bible says that if you'll confess him as Lord, in other words, he's in control. You surrender to him and Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's the resurrection. You will be saved. So in just a moment, we're going to pray a prayer. There's nothing magical in the prayer, but it's you expressing that to God. So with no one looking around, we wouldn't embarrass you for the world. That's not our heart. But if you say, Pastor, that's me. I don't know that I know, but I want to today. When I count to three, I want you to just shoot your hand up high enough, long enough for me or your campus pastor to see. Then we're going to pray together. But if that's you, you'd say, I need a fresh start today. Then on three, you shoot your hand up. One, two, three. You just shoot it up high enough, long enough. God bless you. God bless you all over the room. You can put it down. Church, play this out loud with me for the benefit of those who lifted their hands. Say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a brand new beginning. In Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. Man, come on, let's celebrate those who made that decision. That is our why we do what we do. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.